0: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Show up Because this is nothing like that. Working. and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show.
1: Very sexy robot.
0: Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigan naked yoga.
1: My mother had a bad experience with these goats. Let's
0: hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Alright, podcast time here on the Fan Rooney. What's up, Al? How are you? Oh hi,
1: Jerry. Uh, Jerry, yesterday I went to um, look at uh, cabinets to get cabinets. You know, I told you I needed to get some cabinets installed. And I have a very... Cabinets.
0: How many times can you say cabinets inside 10 seconds?
1: Well, cabinets uh, were a <laughs> thing and uh, that I was looking into getting some cabinets in here. And I have a very small kitchen. Like, it is... I'll count the cabinets right now, Jerry. Now, when I count cabinets for you, am I counting each door as a cabinet or is a pair of cabinets a cabinet? I would think a pair that open is one unit. One unit. So I need one, two, three. I need like four units. Like it's nothing. Right. So I went to this place, uh, uh, a a custom built place, Jerry. See, that's your mistake (laughs) already. What are you doing, dude? Seriously, what are you doing? They did a presentation for me. Oh, you're screwed. First of all, I was very impressed by the presentation because it looked like I was on HGTV. Like they had 3D renderings of a computer renderings of my condo. Right. It looked awesome. They tell me all this, picking out. Because yeah, oh, they're going to charge think? you thirty grand, Jerry, it was over
0: twenty grand. Yeah, because I told <laughs> you, you don't go there. It's stupid. So this, so what I got back yesterday. About, did Gina sign on, the, sign on the dotted line for no, you? No, actually,
1: it was funny because she was the one who afterwards, she said to me, she goes, that is ridiculously high price. You don't need that. Did I, which I thought she would go the opposite. So good. then, I I signed up. Uh, I gave all my information to uh, you know like Lowe's and Home Depot to see what they have. Although good. Lowe's, i they're ticking me off with their. I know they're not I very good you. in this pandemic with their deliveries. They're no, throwing me I, off, Jerry. I told throwing you, throwing me off. I know. But in some ways, I was thinking this too. It is kind of nice to have older, beat up appliances that still work, because while it doesn't look great. You don't have to be careful around them. No, you don't. And
0: and it's still functional. And it's still functional. Right. You're not like they don't have you at a point where I gotta get these cabinets, I need them tomorrow. No. You can take your time. Whatever.
1: Take my time, Jerry. Plus it's it's starting to kick off the summer. Do I really want construction dudes in here doing cabinets? You really don't, especially
0: not with what's going on right now.
1: Right. I want that in like October.
0: I would agree I with that. Yeah, rock-toker. I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: Come on, enjoy the summer, Jerry. I got a new dog. This dog's not gonna want workers coming in here, keeping the door open. She'll freak out. No although doubt. If she, although if she farted on them, that
0: might get me some you know discounts. Did they give you the hard sell by any chance? No, no hard sell, because oh, I gave cool.
1: them I gave them the old you little, we're we're going to take this back home and uh, we're going to go over
0: it to uh, look at our budget. And I gave him that whole trick. Yeah, that usually doesn't work, though. That's good. That's a good place, then. Yeah, they did not give me the hard sell. That's great. That having been said, nonsense. Right. I, I absolutely I don't nonsense. need custom cabinets. No, nobody. Please. Of course you don't.
1: It got me thinking, though. Like, how do you, like, and this came up on the show today with Gio and his uh, patio guy. Uh, how do you know which? contractors to trust because all we ever hear is nightmare stories about So all right it's really
0: that is a great question and I'm gonna give you my answer. All right Jerry. Number one, I have only used in my see I've been a homeowner if you go back to when we first got married and bought our first condo. So go back to nineteen ninety nine. So for the better part of twenty one years I've pretty much owned my home or had a mortgage on my home. What do you recall paying for your first condo? $100,000. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I (laughs) I tell my wife all the time, I'm ready to go back. I have two bedrooms. Let's go. (laughs) Boys can sleep in bunk beds. I'm good. Um, But yeah, so I believe it was $100,000, something like that. But if you go back 21 years, I have never once had a contractor I didn't know. Yeah. um, Or came with a high recommendation. That's one. Number two, I shouldn't say never. There was one time. The one time was I had my paver patio for basketball put in in the house we're in now. It was put basically in a spot in the backyard that we were not going to use. And we made it uh, strictly for basketball. And we did that instead of concrete because it looks a little nicer and whatever. So fine. I did a home advisor. And I, that was where I looked at review after review after review. And I was very satisfied with what I read. And then I made my decision... Based on the reviews and how timely he called me back, and how close to the approximate time he said he would be here for the estimate that he would be here, and each time he knocked it out of the park, and the so, guy was great. He was so great. So, Home Advisor, you would recommend? That, again, that's the one time I did it. I had such a good experience with him that yes, that's that's where I would go. What about Angie's List? Never used it, but I think it's the same thing. As long as you find credible reviews and you you know you trust it. You know, listen, everyone's not going to work out perfectly. There are going to be issues. I will tell you, the one issue I did have with the guy, and he was good about it, when he laid out the uh, the patio, I said, because uh, I wanted, I think it was 20, it was supposed to be 30 by 20, I think, is the patio he put in. And I looked at it. I'm like, that do not look 30 by 20. And then I stepped it off. And I said to him, like, uh, George, this is not uh, 30 by 20. He goes, yes, it is. We measured it, sir. I'm like, uh, I don't care what you measured it with. I'm like, I play golf. I know what a yard is. A yard's three feet. I'm like, this is about 25, 26 feet. And he remeasured it. It was 26 and a half feet. How you nailed that? it. I did. I said, I don't mind if it's going to be shorter, but I'm not paying you for the square footage if it's not right. Right. And so we worked it out and we expanded. We got our 30 by 20 patio. But yeah, I was actually... So I guess I kind of almost got screwed. But he was a really good dude. Showed up on time, if not early cleaned up everything he did. I mean, he really was. He was as good as advertised for the most part. I also think that we can trust the listener. So, like,
1: let's say I said, oh, I need a... Because this happened uh, What we were talking about plumbers uh, one time a little while ago. Oh, when we were talking about I wanted to get a urinal put in here. Yeah. And a plumber, like, reached out to me on... I think it was on Instagram. Like, local plumber. He's like, I'll oh, come on, do it. Like, that I feel like I could trust, too. You do. You just...
0: My only concern with that is you don't know who you're dealing with, Yeah, and you just want to make sure that's a normal guy that's just a hard-working dude and not some lunatic. Right. Because anybody can tell you that they can do something. How do you know that they are who they are?
1: Yeah, and we were talking about it on the show today with uh, Gio's uh, patio, uh, and then it came up, people said, oh, you got to watch for the... Uh, right. The, I forget what they call them. The The, the scammers. The- yeah, the scammers, they call them gypsies for whatever reason, where they say, uh, they, and Bobby said they had this happened in his neighborhood, where they knock on the door. Yeah, all the time. And they try to get you. Would you ever imagine buying anything from
0: a door-to-door salesman? No, never, no. Right. That happens all the time in our neighborhood, all the time. People knock on your door and go, "Hey, uh, thinking about we're doing some." Here's the, this is the pitch. Okay. Hey, sir, how are you? We're doing work on a house around the corner. I noticed, you know, your roof could probably used to be repaired or fixed. Just, you know, we're giving free estimates if you're interested. Get off my property. Hmm. Get away. That's usually what Get I do. I don't, out. I don't care for. I really don't care for that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Go away.
1: Get but lost. But that happens.
0: It, it's happened. I've been here two and a half years. It's probably happened three or four times.
1: Yeah. Then another thing I noticed there when I was listening to uh, s- uh, some of the commercials that we uh, air, yeah, there was a commercial for an insurance company. There, were, you know, if you want life insurance and things, right? And it said, uh, "Whatever rates for a non-tobacco user." Right? Can't you just say you're a non-tobacco? Like when I'm no, filling they take out blo- my forms, they, blood- they take your blood work. They do. Yeah, when you and get life I'm, insurance, if, of course. and if I'm using uh, tobacco, they they can sense They're that. Double- they could see that in the blood.
0: Yes. And I wow. believe the rates are probably double to triple what they are if you're a non tobacco user. Yeah. Because your life expectancy is obviously way down. Yeah. If you smoke or if you chew. And even if you, you know, even if it's not life expectancy, God knows what it can lead to that can kill you. Isn't so, that yeah, weird Like everyone's
1: paranoid or there are, there are probably people who are smokers
0: who I don't want to go
1: anywhere because of coronavirus.
0: But meanwhile, they're smoking. Yeah, pretty much, because it's the same old thing. It's not going to kill me right now, and no one thinks it's going to happen to them. Oh, one cigarette's not going to kill me. Well, one pack's not going to kill me. Next thing you know, you smoke for 30 years, and your lungs look like charcoal. That's, you know, it's the cumulative effect. It's not, you know, it's not that I'm going to have the cigarette and die tomorrow. When I was in school, though, they used to show us...
1: Like what a pair of healthy lungs looks like, and then what a pair of smoker's lungs. But then they would also show us, and I thought this was a bad message, that if you quit smoking, how your lungs can get healed. Very quickly. Yeah, and in my head, I was just thinking, well, let me smoke for 20 years, then I'll quit and I'll get my healthy lungs for when I get older.
0: Yeah, but if you you develop emphysema, that can have a very negative effect on your longevity as well. Yeah, And just your way of life and your quality of life, things like that, that. Having trouble breathing, having trouble exercising, walking, walking upstairs—I mean, different things take effect. To me, more so. See, to me, that with the cigarette smoking, while listen, when I was in my teens, I loved it. I really did. I'm not going to sit here and lie about it. When I was 17, I started smoking, and I did. What was your brand? Um, I liked Newport, Newport Light, really. Nice. Not Newport. Well, Newport too. Nice um, menthol drag. Marlboro. I like Marlboro <laughs> menthol. Yep. I was never a into that guy. I, well, I started with Camelites, and then I got to Newport's, and then to Marlboro Menthol. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. To me, when I was 17, 18, 19, there was nothing better than having a cup of coffee and a cigarette. It really, when I first did, when I you know discovered both of them. Yeah. Um, and I smoked for four or five years, whatever it was, and loved every minute of it. But that is not to say that I did not think every time I lit the cigarette, I was like, well, what am I doing? This is disgusting. Like, I mm-hmm. knew it. And right. you And know, you can tell. The chewing tobacco is an interesting one because what is it really? Like how does this – like I'm not sucking anything into my lungs. Right. Like why, why does, does that, that – right? Like what is in it that can kill you? And then the Tony Gwynn thing shows you exactly what it is. But like that to me seems like a product that shouldn't kill you. Yeah, chewing tobacco. No. And so you can see how people – like I have a friend of mine who's been chewing now. He's I'm 46. He's got to be close to 50. He's been he's been dipping since he's five, 15, 16 years old and he cannot stop. And it's really it's not going to end well.
1: I always thought like a tough guy product was like a tough guy would would smoke Marlboro Reds and drink regular Budweiser. I know you've always said that. How about Camel non-filters? <laughs> that was like that seems grandfatherly to me.
0: That sounds brutal, is what. That's a guy (laughs) who sounds like John Wayne.
1: Yeah, like a guy who was in the war, and now he's just smoking the camels. But like the Marlboro Reds, where you're not looking for light anything, just give me the tobacco. Right. Then you're having your Budweiser beer, not light. Give me whatever comes, whatever calories are in regular beer. That's what I
0: want. And he's wearing jeans and boots, and he's got some cool button down. Yeah. Button down shirt. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and all the chicks are looking at him on the end of the
1: bar going, This guy's seen some things. <laughs> this guy's true. a man.
0: Well, yeah. And then, and I think if you go back 15, 20 years, that was probably true. I don't know if that's true anymore. Yeah. I think now I would look like at him and
1: say, Look at that pig. Guy's got a Miller Lite. He's smoking a Marlboro in uh, uh, the, the Gold Ultra track. light, Yeah, Marlboro Ultra light, Slims.
0: Yeah, Virginia Slims <laughs> with a Michelob Ultra. I was like, come on, man. Man that was, up. That was funny. When they used to have the 100s, I guess they still do. I don't know. And then once in a while, you'd go in for what you want. And like, oh, you know, we don't have them, but we have the 100s. And they'd be like, all right, I'll take them. And for some reason, just not the same. No. It was never the same. The Marlboro 100. Ugh. Did well, you was ever... it ever just a little longer than the regular cigarette? Yeah, it was. It was a little longer. That was pretty much. <laughs> that was what it was. And it just, like I said, I didn't really care for it. I remember oh, we... at one point there was the mo- mobile station. Um, it's not mobile anymore, but very close to the apartment building you just moved out of or you're moving out of. Yeah. That one time I went in for Newports, and this was, and I was a senior in high school or a freshman in college, whatever I was, and I did not have any money. I was barely working because sports was really taking up much of my time. Yes. And I was smoking. Yes. Uh, I remember going in there and seeing, oh, what are those? You have cigarettes for eighty cents. He says, oh yes, sir. They're uh, they're generics. So I'm like, I'll take the menthol ones. I remember the first time I took, them, I'm like, oh my god, what the hell is this? It was this? terrible, and yet kept buying them because <laughs> they were cheap. Anything. Right, exactly. They were. They were eighty cents. Yeah, maybe ninety cents. They weren't a dollar, though. I can tell you that. Nice, because the regular cigarettes were
1: two bucks. Yeah, I remember when I worked at Drug Fair. Some people would come in and 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 buy the generics. They had different names. I forget what they were, though, but they were like the generic cigarettes. Here's what they should have been called. Not great. (laughs) It was always weird when somebody would order, because I used to work behind the cigarette counter uh, of uh, the drug fair, and there was just all stacks and stacks of them above us. So uh, you'd have to, someone wanted a pack, you'd have to, and there'd be, you know, you knew the Marlboros, the Newports, uh, but then occasionally someone would come in and have like, "Want a Salem, and you're like, Salem? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Where Where are those up here? Parliament was very big. Parliament, yeah. I nin- did not like those late eighties.
0: Like, I did not like the filter on them. Yeah, they had that weird plastic hard filter. Yes, didn't care for them. A friend of mine did, and so she would smoke those, and I would have the Newport's at that point. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that. I got a hankering for some cigarettes now. I'll probably head on down to the. No, quick you check don't. <laughs> that, by the, that for me feels like literally <laughs> lifetimes ago. Yes. It really does, and your yet lungs at the are end, all clean right now. You know Jerry. what's funny though? They are. But what's really funny is, if we go out and drink, and someone has it, still is appealing. Doesn't yes. mean I do it, and I haven't in years and years. Probably haven't in God. It's got to be seven, eight, nine, ten years since I've done that with a beer. But it still is intriguing to me.
1: Yeah, I like the smell. Like when you, if you, someone comes out of a bar and they walk in front of you, and you're just walking in the sidewalk, and and it's cold out, and they light. A yes. cigarette with a match. That yep. first initial igniting of the cigarette. I'm like, oh, that smells nice.
0: And those chemicals right in your lungs. And... Oh, yeah, Jerry. Breathe it in. The other thing I hated, and it was always so, so disappointing because you'd have a really nice day and you'd look forward to it. And you'd go to the beach with your friends and be like, this is going to be great. We're going to have a drink on the beach. bring a... And then you would try and have a cigarette on the beach and the wind. It was never fun smoking in the wind. Yeah, I don't know why. Just the, the It wasn't the same. Couldn't enjoy it. You didn't. No, you didn't at all. It was never. It uh, was never a good thing. Hmm. Anyway, whatever.
1: Well, listen, tomorrow's Friday. It's the weekend. I'm gonna get some Budweisers, some Marlboro Reds. You're not gonna do any of that. Sit at the end of the bar and just think about life. Just contemplate. Look at it this Where way.
0: Where are we? You're not married. If you ever want to break up cleanly and yeah. not really not have it be your fault or be the one to do the breaking up. Yeah. Just show up at your girlfriend's house one day with a carton of Marlboro's and a thing of bud, go sit on the porch <laughs> and act like a schmuck. <laughs> it George strike out so quick.
1: George on Seinfeld
0: tried to do that with smoking. That's he was right, I forgot up. about that.
1: He was pretending he was hooked. He goes, I'm hooked, but he couldn't he didn't even know how to inhale properly. <laughs> I
0: forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It works, Jerry.
1: Ooh, All right, the warm stuff. up program, which is an hour long now. I don't know where you people are going to find time to listen to all this quality content. And even today, we got cut off. And even today, we got cut off. We still get cut off, Jerry. Yeah. It is next, though. Sue. So- Sue.
0: the warm-up show with Alan Jerry, the shortest show on WFAN. Well, time to get your Thursday morning rolling before the big guys come in at 6. Al Dukes, how you be?
1: Good morning, Jerry. Oh, What's normally that? I say, oh, hi, Jerry. Uh, I was just thinking right before this program came on how it's a little more relaxed than Boomer and Geo because we're not on TV. I don't have my camera set up right now. Right. So, like, right now, like... You're I in felt, your
0: underwear nude? No, or, you are know, you got a shirt fully on. Dressed,
1: fully dressed because this goes right into the actual program. Where that is true. Turn the cameras on. But like right now, if I want to put my finger in my nose, I will do that and, <laughs> and not no think watching. of it. I have caught myself <laughs> doing it early on in this process of uh, broadcasting from home when the cameras are on. Yeah, sure. You know, if uh, you feel a little something in your nose, you might put your pinky in there just to see if there's, a you know, something blocking it. And like I just put my finger in my nose, I just picture whoever's in charge of cameras at CBS Sports Network. going, look at this guy, picking his nose, completely locked in on you. Well, I would be. I'd be like, what? Like I like to look because we see Boomer and Geo, and I see you for sure. Uh, think about
0: think about if you're a camera guy or a control room person in a TV network studio, whether it's the World Series, a regular NFL game, doesn't matter. Whatever they're broadcasting, all the shots we don't see that sometimes yeah. do come out later. And what they're focused in on zooming in on during commercial breaks.
1: Right. Like camera guys looking for hot chicks in the stands. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Sad, but true.
1: There was a time many years ago where I wanted to be a sports cameraman. So did I. How about that? Right? It seemed like, what what a great job. You are holding the camera, or, or, or I didn't see myself as one of those guys running around holding the camera. That seemed like a lot of work and heavy and... But to be one of the guys that just stands behind the camera, like a third near third at base or something? Yeah, at the stadiums.
0: Yeah, be the center a, field camera. What a dream job for a kid. I agree. I know, it's funny because I always thought it was a really cool job. And what you're talking about is, but when I first was with the Giants in 2004 and probably even before that with the Nets in like mm, 2000-ish or so, when you saw the way the camera guys had to hustle to get into the locker room and to be able to get a shot of the star player that was talking, not at a podium, but at his locker, and you would be surrounded by, I would say, somewhere between 15 and 50 reporters, and you had to get the shot and the audio, and it was a grind. I'm like, boy, I'm glad I didn't choose this line of work.
1: Yeah, you see it also in uh, the Last Dance, the Jordan documentary, where it's like Jordan sneaking out the back door, and then fifty cameramen holding wires and cameras on their shoulders are going after him.
0: And who I mean, who was that? Was that Rodman? That they? Sneak yes, out Rodman, the back door? yes, Rodman. Yes, Rodman. And they're, they're in line. It shows what the problem is for a reporter. You know, you're there. Probably they, those guys probably spent all day waiting for Rodman to speak. Right. And they sneak him out the back door <laughs> and they're running down the hall for him. <laughs> just
1: to get something, just to get a shot of him running yes. out the door, or something. Because even if the, the news story of the day was they snuck Rodman out the back door, your news boss is going to be like, Where's your video of chasing Rodman down?
0: Oh, 100%. Absolutely.
1: But the guy uh, at the stadium, that guy's not chasing anyone down. He's fixed fixed position like the center field cameraman.
0: Don't you think it's hard, though? I do wonder this. You know, when you try to follow the ball or the play, you're looking through a screen as opposed to the complete Mm. view with your eyes. It's got to be something that takes a long time to get used to.
1: I wouldn't even know. Like right now, there's someone in their car driving to their job going, I would like to be a cameraman. How do I do this? I, would I, have no no be- I wouldn't even know where to begin to tell you to become a cameraman.
0: I would think there are media schools or colleges that do have this part of their curriculum. I would think. I don't know. Where I went, they didn't.
1: And I would also be afraid right now
0: that I'll be replaced by
1: a robot camera.
0: Uh, it's possible. I mean, right now, that's one of those jobs you never know. It's certainly very possible, yeah.
1: So there are guys out of work right now, too, Jerry. Cameramen
0: at ballparks. Coronavirus. Yeah. A lot of people are out of work. Again, it's the same old thing. Some of these places are just, you know, rolling in the cash, and other places are either closed or dying. It's like right. and there's not very much in between.
1: It's one or the other.
0: It's one or the other. Yeah. I, yeah, gas stations are dying right now.
1: Right. No one's going to. No one's going
0: anywhere. No one's driving. I mean, gas is a dollar a gallon because no one needs gas. So that's that not was good. cool.
1: That was true. I did. Uh, I did fill up my tank. know two weeks ago. Yeah. And it was like. I was it because, like, half I normally spent.
0: Yeah, awesome, isn't it? That part was awesome, yeah. But here's the problem. All right, we're going to go back to work soon, I think, in terms of the building being in mm-hmm. Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, this whole thing, not only is the turnpike raising their tolls,
1: 35%? <laughs> yeah, and the parkway, too.
0: Oh, my God. I mean, it's, yeah. it really is amazing. I understand that they've lost revenues. I get it. But once everybody's back, the revenues come right back. I mean, we get 35%. Ugh. Terrible. what's
1: 35 okay so uh if a, if a toll is one dollar it will now be a dollar
0: 35 that is really good math on the fly al hmm. so that now, means the try toll. try to do that so here here's what you need to know the toll from uh you'll be getting on the turnpike at exit 11 and let's just i'm only using this math because this is what we're simple math jerry if you go to the holland tunnel i know it's closed eddie i get it i'm just trying to do the math real quick we get if that you do the if you do exit 11 to mm-hmm. the Holland Tunnel exit, it's mm-hmm, five dollars and forty-five cents. So add roughly thirty-five percent. Right, that's another dollar seventy-five, or it'd be over seven bucks. Oh,
1: who? How dare they, Jerry? If I find these toll
0: people, and you know what, like sheep, we all pay it because there's nothing else we can do. My friend Paul always
1: wanted to be a toll taker on the Parkway.
0: Now, that doesn't seem like a great career at this point.
1: <laughs> he thought, how awesome! You you sit in the box, you listen to the radio.
0: And sucking fumes all day.
1: Yeah, he didn't really take that part into account. Also, he had no ability to tell people directions, which we always, before Google Maps, you would ask the person taking sure. the toll.
0: You think I that don't... was like a, a prerequisite?
1: No, I think they kind of just learned it themselves. Like I didn't think before. I don't think before they hired you to work the toll that they were like, okay, if someone asks you, how do they turn around? What are you going to tell them? Fair I'm enough. Tell them to go up to the next exit, spin it around. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But, but I thought Point Pleasant was the other way. Oh, I could be. I don't know. Not really and
1: they sure. always told you so annoyed. They would be like, up, like like they've said it a thousand times already today. They'd be like, next exit, hook a left, turn around, back the other way.
0: Sir, is the Jersey Shore this way?
1: Nope. Go up to the next exit. Head south.
0: That would be your answer for everything. Yeah. Next i just be like. Make a U-turn.
1: Yeah. I just, exactly. I'd be like, go get off of the next exit. There's a gas station. I'm sure that guy. We'll know how to get you in the oh, right man. direction.
0: Through the days of actually stopping at the gas station and asking for directions. Yes,
1: that was the Stop old joke. Here. Stop how here, how men would not ask for directions. That was a classic joke.
0: Well, I mean, oh, my some truth
1: to it. My husband will not ask for directions, Jerry. Well, and uh, my yes, wife
0: doesn't use a cookbook, and she should. I mean, <laughs> right? Exactly.
1: We want to look at stereotypes. There's one. I had to leave the dog yesterday for uh, ninety minutes. I'd not really left her alone did prior to this.
0: It, and you had no camera rolling. I didn't right?
1: have my camera rolling. But okay. I did like – I put all of this broadcasting equipment, everything that I use for broadcasting, I took apart and put in a closet because I was like, I don't know. Sometimes dogs eat things when you leave. Right. Like imagine I come like, I'm home and I can't do this program right now. Jerry, everyone's radios would have nothing on it right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, so mean, would be talking. Well, that doesn't sound fair. So when I, uh, <laughs> when I came back, she had touched nothing, which was very good. But the excitement, the genuine excitement and happiness of a dog when you show back up at home, you can. You will not get that with your wife. You get it with your kids, actually. You do. Yes. To what age, go. though? Um, you're a teenager right now when you ten. walk in
0: the doors and you're like, yes. I
1: ten. Ten? yeah. I would say 10. 10?
0: Yeah, I would say 10. That's that, about right, because when I go away and come back, my lawyer yeah. is still so excited to see me. Really? Yeah, like he's, you know, smiling your back, awesome. But you're right, the teenager is like, how was your trip? Hmm. Great. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Hey, what's up?
1: <laughs> so there's one day between that 10-year-old child and that 11-year-old child where when you walk through the door... It's over. It's no big deal.
0: Yeah, it's no. Not really that a big sucks. deal. That sucks. Yeah, same with the wife.
1: I feel like one of those, you know, you see those videos of uh, military where the the military father has gone off yeah. to serve his country for two years in Afghanistan, and he comes home, and the golden retriever is, like, all about him and so excited. So that's, the what, kids. that's how the <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's fair. When the father goes off to war, the kids also, even the wife. But the wife <laughs> yes. is, like, last. The dog first, the kid second, then the wife.
0: But you're right. The The shots of the dog yeah. when the owner comes back are so priceless, nice. just yeah. like the children. But yes, you're right. <laughs> so that part was so nice yesterday, Jerry. I feel like
1: I'm going to go somewhere else today just so I could get that love. You that like love like someone of, actually cared for yeah, you. Yeah. I need that love and attention, Jerry, when I get back home.
0: Here's the thing, though. The more you do it, the less the dog will care.
1: Right. <laughs> Right. That was the first time I left her. She was like, oh, my God, this guy who's giving me food, giving me shelter, giving me water, is not returning.
0: Now, did you contemplate putting your iPad on with FaceTime to your phones? So you could I couldn't watch figure
1: out. <laughs> I I'd Contemplate, yes. Figuring that out, no idea. Why? I didn't know, like, how do I call myself? I didn't, I didn't know how to. Mm, I know it. there's a way to do it. Oh, you're right, 100%. This, this iPad is a camera. I'm broadcasting <laughs> the, the to the entire free world on CBS Sports Network with it. Right. I'm sure there was a way to turn this into. I'm, a camera. I'm actually
0: surprised you couldn't figure that out.
1: You know, I could have Googled it. I just. I don't it was know, enough, Jerry, It was enough with the so, iPad.
0: So, so your walls no longer bare.
1: No, I'm gonna go. No, that, that uh, I went yesterday to go talk to someone about replacing cabinets. Today I will make the trip up to get some stuff for my walls. Oh,
0: so two days in a row the dog dogs. Two is days be left in a row. <laughs> yes,
1: although I believe Gina's coming today. So I will distract the dog. Yes. Uh Jerry, this major league baseball situation is not u- good.
0: Getting ugly. You think? You see Max ugly. Scherzer?
1: Max Scherzer. So Max Scherzer, is he a some sort of spokesman for the I don't for know if the he's players? A
0: spokesman, but he's you know, he's one of the top pitchers in the game. So I mean if he speaks, I think people listen. I mean it so is he- fair to say.
1: So he may not be a spokesman, but he is outspoken.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt.
1: So he doesn't want any more damn pay cuts, Jerry. Uh, it's a He called it a non-starter.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll just real quick. Yeah. We have previously negotiated a pay cut in the version of prorated salaries, and there's no justification to accept a second pay cut based upon the current information the union has received. Wow. He actually said there's no reason to engage with Major League Baseball any further. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. So,
1: Major League Baseball wants an 82-game season, I believe. They want
0: 100. The now, they want 100.
1: The players want 100. The yeah, players that's want what 100. And no pay cuts.
0: Well, no Ooh. further pay cuts. They no want, further They pay want cuts. the prorated pay. That's what they want. They don't want to deal with the fact that there could be no fans in the stands. They say we already said we w-. The thing that's amazing to me, though, they – it's, how is it a pay cut if you don't play? This is what right. I don't get. <laughs> Am I wrong? you no, You've basically you're right. been furloughed. Yes. Like, And that maybe the language is the problem. Like if the owners came out and said, listen, there's no games. We have to furlough you guys as employees, and when we come back, we'll pay you for what you do. Right. It's kind of like if, if Mark Chernoff tells you, Al, starting next week, you're furloughed for four weeks. Do we'll not tell me that. You'll pick up your salary again when you come back, but you're not getting paid for those four weeks. You don't work. Hmm. So the players haven't worked. Like, I don't understand this. Nug- I don't understand how it's a pay cut. It's not. You're still getting paid for the games you're going to play. Now they want a pay cut. As I opposed need- to the prorated salaries being a pay cut. That's not a pay cut. I'm sorry. It's not.
1: I would need uh, Max Scherzer to talk to Mark Chernoff for me if that goes down.
0: <laughs> he might be available. He's got nothing else to do.
1: <laughs> Max, could you call? That'd be great if Max Scherzer just starts calling people's bosses. <laughs> this uh, laying off the, the your employee, this is not
0: going to work. This is a non-starter for us. We got a new business, not Cameo. We can call it something else and go to Shark Tank with it. We right. get, Sharks. We get annoyed. You know, major leaguers that uh, call on our behalf.
1: Yeah. Sharks, are you having a problem with your boss? What have I told you Max Scherzer would call on your behalf?
0: <laughs> and act as your agent for it's just
1: okay. 6%. What are your sales so far this year? Well, Max Scherzer has called a couple of companies. <laughs> he been very successful at it.
0: Right. He's got a 92% success rate.
1: Then I also saw, Jerry, some some baseball I don't want to say baseball nerds that's a that's a negative term but you know kind of not those a great baseball statistician types but uh, a purity to the game these guys. Uh, I believe the article was on ESPN. I like to cite my sources as I learned in college Jerry. Always cite your sources. Right. There was an article about uh with an 82 game season, what if
0: somebody hits 400? Who cares? It doesn't it's not the same <laughs> thing. I mean honestly, <laughs> I've heard this now for a month. It doesn't count. There, there's no asterisk if you win. There's not. Okay. If you win, everyone else had the same chance to win in an 82 right. abbreviated season. You're the champion. But you can take your 400 and stick it where the sun don't shine. You got to do it for a full season. <laughs> Sorry, doesn't count. Oh, now, now, a hitting streak would count. Right. You're hitting 60 straight games. doesn't matter if it's an 80-game season or a 60-game season. If you do that in you know, 60, 61, 58, 59 straight games, all good. Four hundred. Sorry, you got to do. A, I need to see at least for that to count for for real. It's got to be at least one hundred and fifty-four games. Has to be.
1: Right now, I'm googling closest to hitting four hundred.
0: Tony Gwynn batted three eighty-nine. Oh, I think. wow three
1: ninety-four. That's pretty oh, awesome. Three ninety four, Okay. So uh, in nineteen ninety-four, Tony Gwynn hit three ninety-four. Wasn't that the strike short it in sure season? Was. Okay, yeah. that's he, fugazi- he did not have an
0: opportunity out. to complete it.
1: This is the one I remember as a kid. Uh, George Brett hit 390 in 1980. I remember
0: that, sure. Rod Carew, of course. Right. Where did Carew do? He was what 380s? 388. Right.
1: Jerry, look at us talking like baseball nerds, geeks. It's
0: hard to do, man. I mean, if and you think about Ted Williams, what 406? The last time he did it. Teddy Williams. I mean, think about that. You got to go two Uh, for five every single game. Like you go, like if you go two for six, you had a bad game. You go one for three with a sack fly. Not a great game in terms of trying to get to 400. You know did what you, I mean?
1: Did you have that Rod Carew batting thing when you were a kid where you would you would put the ball in the Rod Carew batting? I did they not. they called it like a batting machine, but it was a piece no. of plastic. And you, I bet Eddie had it, and you stepped on it, and it, it shot when the ball it in the, the ball air. Yeah, and then yeah, maybe I did it. have that, actually. I might have. I didn't know it was, like a, Rod know it was a
0: Rod Carew product. I had was, the uh, Johnny Bench batter up.
1: Oh, that was a batter up. I had Rod Carew batter up. I guess uh, Johnny Bench probably wanted too much money at some point, and they were like, what's Rod Carew doing? (laughs) (laughs) He's a better hitter anyway.
0: Only hitting almost 400, like the (laughs) other one.
1: Right. But I remember that like I was a big – when I used to read Sports Illustrated, who's going to hit 400? We're still doing that.
0: Yeah, well, because it hasn't happened. And I think it's gotten too difficult because the pitching's so good and you got all these different pitchers every other inning and every other batter. Not easy. I do think we have to take a break. We can continue this if you'd like. Otherwise, we move on we'll move to segment on. number dos. And then Boomer right. and Gio at six right here on The Fan. The Morning Warm-Up. All right, on a Thursday morning, 523, we take it to six o'clock. Boomer and Geo then very happy to say hello because I think he was driving around, heard us talking about 400, the first guest on The Warm-Up show. John Morosi from MLB Network joins us. Uh, Al, um, you want to say hello to John? Oh, hi, John. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh.
1: You got me there. I was like, I don't know who this is, John Morosi, but I'll assume Jerry will handle this. I just wish I had a camera on you to find out
0: that we had a guest that we don't have. Boring. Boring. <laughs>
1: Uh, John, uh, this 400, would, would you count it? It's a shortened season. Where do you fall on this? Jerry says, you don't count it. I think I might um, want to
0: count it. There would have been nothing <laughs> better than to do that and then to have technical difficulties and leave you there. Yeah, if you would have bailed on me. <laughs>
1: Al's got a bunch of questions about hitting 482-game season, John. How many, uh, how many questions you, oh, think John, you could have had for him on the fly? I would have done exactly what I did before. I'd been like, John, Sports Illustrated years ago, <laughs> <laughs> The 400 was very hard to. Uh, do. Oh, Would you count uh, Ted Williams <laughs> too long ago? Uh, oh, I'm
0: sorry. I couldn't uh, did resist. You have
1: the, uh, then I had immediately, uh, did you have the Rod Carew or the Johnny Bench batter up? Because uh, we were debating that <laughs> like, what the hell is <laughs> earlier that this on the show. <laughs> My goodness. Anyhow, <laughs> Jerry, see what you make of this story. NBA yeah. referee Scott Foster was on NBA TV. Okay. And he says that he's concerned about playing games in an empty arena because of what the public will hear in the back and forth between players and refs.
0: Well, it's this again. It's this is the same conversation we continue to have. Just because it's an empty arena does not mean that we need to have no atmosphere. Put music, give us something from the PA system. You don't have to have cameras on the court. Therefore, you really don't have to. You think about how many times in an NBA game, when it is quiet, when the crowd's not doing anything. I mean, you can hear little bits and pieces, but once they start playing the music or the bits in between... All of that gets wiped away. So just keep it, you know, I always say this, the Atlanta Hawks, the Nets are another team where there's constant audio coming out. There's content. You hear something, whether it's music or just chants and, you know, um, whatever it might be to where it kind of drowns it out. And you can still create an atmosphere to where it's not a silent court to where you're hearing them talk back and forth to one another. They could just blast Post Malone songs. You can. But, you know, you say that, but that's what they do. I mean, it does create a cool atmosphere. It's kind of like, and I know John and Susan have had an issue with it, but the one time I've gone to Tropicana Field for a Rays game, and we went to two games there. One time we saw Rays Angels when we were on vacation because it was a bad day outside, and on the fly we're like, you know what, we need to do something in the rain, let's go to a Rays game, what the hell? And we actually enjoyed ourselves, had a good time, but there there couldn't have been more than 3,000 people at the drop. And I know John and Susan hate all the noise in between pitches. I got to tell you, though, with no one there, it created an atmosphere that you were actually at something. And you can do the same thing with the basketball games. Not that big a deal, I don't think. But aren't you somewhat
1: now intrigued as to what goes on between the refs and the players? Like, what no. are they saying that they don't want
0: us to hear? I mean... I guess I I think there's a lot of nonsense that is said you know between plays and I think we will hear some of it but I don't think it's going to be this complete you know voyeurism where all of a sudden we're like locked in and we feel like we're on the court with them and we can talk to them and hear them I don't think it's going to be that
1: Are they are they saying nasty things to each other like I don't know like what are they afraid well, that
0: we're going to hear I have certainly been to my share of oh, practices yeah I mean the language isn't great. But it's no different than if you're on the court playing with an adult oh, men's league. I mean, so, it's what it
1: is. So you think they're more concerned about language going out over the air? I not? do. Oh, absolutely. I oh, think th- okay. I
0: think it's the language, the way they trash talk one another. Um, I could see that being a concern. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, too, with the officials – they're telling guys to calm down, knock it off, but much more colorful language. Yeah, um, I could see them being concerned about that, but I really do think there's ways around that. If that's their biggest problem, they have no problems.
1: If I can see that, I might tune into some NBA games. If I could see NBA refs jawing with players and they're
0: getting nasty, well, listen, not
1: safe for work language.
0: How about with Pete Alonzo being mic'd up? We talked about this last year, right? Didn't we during not last year during spring training? when they were miking him up on the field. It's a cool way to watch a game, but you do got to be careful what you say. And then if you talk about wanting to be in on the action and hearing everything, the counter-argument to why it's a really cool thing is, let's go back to Terry Collins with the umpire. That stuff is priceless, him cursing left and right at the guy. The problem is you need to kind of edit through a little bit of it and bleep some stuff out uh, before you can air that stuff.
1: Yeah, that's the great part about like what uh, the NFL does, and they used to do it on uh, inside the NFL, where the, the game would happen Sunday, and then Tuesday night you would see these uh, guys that are mic'd up, but they, they weren't doing it live while the game was going on.
0: Right, because they can't. You can't have F-bombs dropping every 30 seconds and play that to a national audience, but you can fool around with it, edit it, and bleep stuff out, and still play it at a later date, and I think it's a lot of fun. What was Terry Collins yelling that we got? Something in the jackpot? You put me in the jackpot? Yeah, because it was about, oh God, well, it was about throwing at a batter. I forget who got hit. Remember they threw up and in it? Was it Noah Syndergaard that threw at someone? I'm blanking out on exactly what it was. You uh, put me in the
1: jackpot. Mm,
0: yeah, it was something gonna like Google that. This. I'm going to Google Terry Collins. I think it was Syndergaard jackpot. that was thrown out. All right. Let's see if I'm not mistaken. Up. And it was, you yeah, because our shot at, right. That was it. You're right. Let's take our focus off that jumbotron and get back on the field.
1: That was <laughs> Boomer, right, Boomer when, when he? Uh, did.
0: You know, it's like we gave up on that.
1: <laughs> Seemed like he had no control of that huddle. The guys were watching uh, the jumbotron. Jumbotrons. <laughs> in Which all, they all do now.
0: And if it, right, in fairness, jumbotrons were brand new back then, and we were all very fascinated by them. Did, did you see the jumbotron, if that's what you want to call it, in the new Rams stadium in L.A. Is it bigger than the Cowboys' jumbotron? It it's bigger in that I believe it's got like a 360 degree screen. It's enormous, and it looks really cool. I haven't, you yeah. know, I haven't seen a single thing from this L.A. stadium from SoFi Stadium.
1: SoFi Stadium. nothing. I've seen nothing.
0: We've seen more from the Raider Stadium, yes. I think, because it looks like a big thing of aluminum foil, but it looks cool. Like it looks neat. It looks it looks intimidating, actually. Like the old 1970 you do your Raiders thing. Go ahead. The Raiders. It looks like it fits with John Madden on the sidelines and Jack Tatum hitting people. Like it looks like a mean stadium. Looks cool.
1: Just win, baby.
0: Yeah. Well, they haven't done that in a while, but the yes, Raiders.
1: exactly. Mike Tyson was mixing it up in the wrestling ring yesterday, Jerry.
0: No, I saw a headline yeah. that said he had trouble ripping his shirt off. <laughs> did you see this? That would be concerning if we're talking about him coming back and fighting twenty-five-year-olds. Well,
1: I'm going to tell you what I did see. So I saw Mike Tyson mixes it up with Chris Jericho, the wrestler, on uh, All Elite Wrestling, which our friend Taz is involved in now. Okay, so it was a whole lot of talking in the ring, and I so I fast-forwarded a little. And went, by the time I fast-forwarded, Tyson had his shirt off already, and was they were pushing each other. How do he look? Pretty good. Yeah. He's not, not big, cut 53. He's not cut. Okay. He's not all like chest cut, but he's he's slimmed down. He still looks solid. Still looks like he could like if he were to fistfight Chris Jericho, I might take Mike Tyson still cuz he catches you with an uppercut Jerry right in that glass jaw. And down <sighs> you go. Down you go. Then there was also a story that a fight between Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury would was talked about.
0: I did, but it didn't go very far. I don't think. What? I so think it's that over. We're not. They're not talking they, about I it I anymore. Think they've already dismissed it. I think. Oh no. Got to check that. I pulled an Al Dukes on that one. and only read the first couple of lines <laughs> That's because all you we need. Were coming up on five o'clock. All so. you need is a headline and then the first two sentences. Well, of every some story. details would be really good, actually. <laughs> if you I want to question. delve, how about this? So you just mentioned Taz. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? I, I always think about this in life. So. Taz was around our building and we worked thirty feet for him. Yes what? Two years, three years? Every Probably day. more. And then all of a sudden, his contract is up, he's done, and we never hear from him we'll ever again. We'll never hear from him again. Yep. Isn't that it's kinda like it's almost it's in a way if like you get divorced and you don't have kids. If you have kids right. it's a different story. But it's You're like you can in. spend all this time with this person and then all of a sudden you don't and you never see them again. Right. Like if you had kids with Taz, you would still be talking to him. Yes, and now I don't. um and I don't talk to him anymore. right. And it's almost like he'll never exist in my world again, but Weird. If, if you needed a wrestling guest, he'd be there for you, Jerry. That is very true. There's no question about it. It's just it's kind of what I've always said about our show. Once it's over, see ya. <laughs> you don't think Boomer will uh, talk to you again? I don't I, I, um, hmm. do I think Boomer would say hello? and have a conversation if we ran into him at, say, a Super Bowl week or mm-hmm. a restaurant? Sure. Do I think uh, we're off the Christmas list? Probably, yeah. Wow. I think it's possible. I look forward to the Boomer Christmas gift every year. I hope to always be on that list. <laughs> it's it's a good gift every year. There's no question. That reminds but we're me. not in the inner circle then all of a sudden.
1: That reminds me. I just changed my address. I better get it to Boomer's people so that I don't miss out on my gift this year. Like how often do you talk to Tommy Lugauer?
0: Never. <laughs> you worked with him every day for how many years?
1: You know, there was another, remember the guy we had um, uh, that we, yeah, Nick, we called Rocco. Yeah, he's a lawyer now. He's, <laughs> Which is hilarious. Like, he's now, like, your, your honor, he's going into courtrooms. <laughs> but I, I was going through, uh, you know, um, Google Photos or wherever you store your photos digitally. They'll always tell you, like, one year ago, three years ago, 10 years ago. Right. I, I found a picture of of uh, Rocco wearing a Ghostbusters t-shirt, a photograph of him and Kate Upton when she came in from Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes up to her shoulder.
0: I'm sure he does. I think he was 5'4", I believe. Yeah. And I'm not not poking fun at his height. Like He was short. He was 5'4", I think. He's a There's small also up. a picture in the book that you made for the 10-year anniversary of him, Bob Dwyer, and Eddie Scazzeri shirtless. All right, yeah. Rocco! Yeah, that, that one is a bit much. Yeah, they all. I don't remember why they did that. I don't know why they agreed to take the picture. Not great. All think... right, <laughs> oh, <rocker>! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and good oh, news, I miss Nick. Good Could news, you tell Jerry. Tell me what Nick's last name was. Uh, Nick. <laughs> you have no idea, do you? Nick. I do not. <laughs> yeah, I got
1: to be honest. Neither do I. <laughs> colombo nick colombo there you go there was another guy when i first started in 2007 who worked i believe the overnight shift that guy's a lawyer tony too. page oh no no he was on the air rob season yeah so that's, that's the right. thing a lot of radio producers jerry go right into law right after their <laughs> i wonder why what's right the correlation after, right after their time and by a lot you mean those two and no those two else. guys <laughs> right
0: right no one else that's fair eddie that's fair <laughs> <laughs> That's actually funny. All right, quick break. Al's going to redo his numbers on radio people that become yeah. lawyers. <laughs> and well, then we Less got than f- I thought. A little less than you thought. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. Al and Jerry. All right, 20 in front of 6 on a Thursday morning. Quick week because of the holiday. You get the four-day week. Doesn't quite feel the same as we fly right to the weekend. All good. Boomer and Geo at 6. What's up, Al? What else? So I see
1: Tom Brady, Jerry, is uh, selling his... 2018
0: Cadillac Escalade, 300 grand. He paid. Can you get a 30 year fixed rate on that?
1: (laughs) What about a five year uh, auto loan on that? What would the (laughs) monthly payments? 250. (laughs) (laughs) So he he paid 350 for it initially because he had it super customized. He customized every single thing in it, Jerry. He's very proud of it. He picked the seats. He picked the. All of those things. Uh, there's a 32 inch TV in there. He considered it an office on wheels, and he's now selling it. It
0: only has 13,000 miles on it, Jerry. Which is why he's asking $300,000 for it.
1: Yeah, it's See, this, uh, is, this comes back to what
0: we always talk about. You know, at what point are you going after your audience? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't it be discounted a little more? Like, you're Tom Brady. You're worth literally. Between him and his wife are worth what five hundred million dollars? Would you right. say? Yes, gotta be. I would say that. So three. I mean, what is your? How many people can afford that? Number one. I mean, you're talking about such a small percentage of people that would even contemplate three hundred thousand dollars for a vehicle. Come down in price a little bit. How about we yeah, donate you, it?
1: You know what? You're right, Jerry. Because I have uh, some furniture in my uh, my apartment in Madawon, which I want to sell, and I feel so awkward. Yeah. Putting it for sale
0: like how does tom brady sell this all right i'll meet you at the key food (laughs) down the block in the parking lot you can take it around for a spin and then you can venmo me the 300k
1: yeah
0: honestly it's a it's just a weird transaction it is a weird trend a weird wild stuff i think you donate that car to cars for kids yeah i mean something like that one eight seven seven cars for kids There's this new show remember uh and christina yeah From HGTV, they got divorced because he turned out to be a loon, and I think she was having an affair or something like. Something happened. She listen.
1: I used to watch that show, Tarek and Christina. Yeah, she puts that guy was under so much pressure. He wanted to try to do these house renovations and keep it under budget. She'd be like, "We're putting porcelain tile and
0: yeah, and whatever." What always happened? They made more money because of they did. They did that. Having said, whatever, whatever the reason. They wound up splitting up, and they both have their own shows now. He's got, I don't know if you've seen his show, he helps out um, new flippers, if you will, with their first or second deal. People who think they can flip houses for a living. Yes, and so in a lot of cases, it's a mess what they get themselves into, and he comes in and saves the day. But the point of it is, is at the end of it, what they do when they have the, the open house, they put cameras in the house, and then so when people come in and take a look at it, they can then spy on their thoughts, and they do it in this kind of like a Brady type of vehicle. It's really cool. It's like one of those transit vehicles or one of those sprinters, yeah. and it's set up like his office on wheels. And that's what, when you talk about this Brady mobile, that's what I think about.
1: You know, Tarek ended up with a with a woman who looks just like Christina. I didn't know that. Is that true? Very strange, yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess hope he has, his
0: second marriage goes better.
1: Guess he has a type, Jerry.
0: Uh yes. I do you think one of them makes a cameo in either of their other shows? Yes, I think they'll eventually uh be nice to each
1: other. Now these this idea of flipping houses, like everyone thinks they can do that. Very they difficult. They think I'll buy this house for cheap. I'll hire somebody to come and knock everything down and but, put everything back in.
0: And there's the problem. If you can't do the work yourself, it becomes very, very difficult. Or some of the work yourself.
1: Plus, these shows take something that takes months to happen and do it in in an hour-long HGTV show. It looks so much easier.
0: That's why I like the shows where they show you the disasters.
1: Yes. Or they go, six months later, Yeah, we're exactly. still waiting for the permits from the town. <laughs> or for the mason to come by. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We've given the mason a deposit and he's disappeared. <laughs> See, it's funny because I have two friends that do it and they've been very successful with it. But... They're also very handy, and they do m- not all of it. But they like they don't do the electrical, but they do all the construction themselves. They come in, they demo the thing, they can rebuild. They have their electrician who they're friends with, and they're both they both know each other too. So they kind of work together as well. They've had a lot of success with. It. That's all they do. Gina does that to me sometimes. She'd be like, "We should buy that house."
1: Like she'll find something like that. Well, you two would totally be a tri- nightmare. <laughs> You might as well just break up now. (laughs) We
0: should buy this house and flip it. I go, flip
1: it with what? Who knows? I don't know how to flip anything.
0: Yeah, be careful. You'll be at Home Depot with uh, Home Depot to go coming and sending out contractors because you'd be a mess. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Jerry, here's a topic we call, is this guy
1: a loser or not a loser? All right. It's a new I'm a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, how did you have that ready? (laughs) Loser, not a loser. There's a man in Massachusetts who's a big Los Angeles Dodgers fan. and he Oh, has, I saw this. I think this he, is cool. He has built a Dodger Stadium replica wall in his backyard. And it looks pretty cool. But I is he a this.
0: loser? You're a loser. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know because here's the thing. When you were – I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, we used to – we would, we would actually ask our parents to leave the grass in the backyard a little high, and then we would take mm-hmm. the lawnmower, and we would yes. cut out <laughs> in, right an infield, like a baseline from first to second to third to home. And then yes. what we would do is we would spend weekends, and we would make poster boards, and we would, uh, with markers, make the logos of MLB teams and put them on the fence around and We would try to... Not do what this guy did, but we would try to replicate that we were playing at Shakespeare. Loser, loser, and the triple. triple. You're probably right. um, (laughs) But I thought it was really cool when I saw it. I don't know what to do with it, but it was pretty neat looking. I'm
1: with you. As a kid, it's very cool. As an adult, maybe a loser, but when I saw it, I was like, I would like that in my backyard.
0: We can can uh, continue the segment. I'm going to ask you this question. You ready for this? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> this is from uh, Phil Murphy's Twitter handle now, he Phil was on nurse, Murphy. he was on moose and Maggie yesterday gave him twenty five minutes was all good though he didn't answer every question but of he tried course not. He tweeted this at about ten thirty last night. I just took a dna test turns out I'm one hundred percent jurors. Wow I want to put him in a headlock Jerry. <laughs> 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 Oh, God. So I guess the Z is for jersey ger- I mean, Come yeah. on, man. Wow. <laughs> I just saw that as you were doing the segment. I had to bring it up. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm 100%
1: jurs. you know when you used to do that thing though, where you would have your your parents not cut the lawn, and then yeah. you would you would cut baselines for a baseball thing. The thing that sucked though, then if you hit a ball into the ground, it wouldn't go was, anywhere. It just died
0: right in the high grass. But if you think about it, with with wiffle ball, unless you're using these swerve balls, which we didn't yeah. have back in the day, we were just throwing the ball over and trying to hit. It's kind of like what I always talk about with baseball in the 1910s. Right? Was it? just here's the ball i'm going to throw it to you and let's put the ball in play we don't care about strikeouts we just want to play the game of baseball well when i was a kid we weren't trying to strike we were just throwing the ball over to play the game so i don't know how many ground balls we were all trying to hit home runs yeah so it wasn't quite the end did you do automatic where if you could feel the ground ball before it stopped rolling yeah you we're out or did out. you run uh you were, we did automatic yeah kind of like stick ball if you hit it to the to that tree it's a single and the, the double is if it gets to the sidewalk yeah stuff like that I always had a hard time figuring out figuring out what we would make a triple. Triple is difficult because you think it should be the home run. Like We play, actually played wiffle ball over the weekend at my house, and it was the same thing. The single was no problem. The double was fine. I had the home run, and it was like, wow, what do we do for the triple? Such so a trip? small little gap in an opening for the triple. I used to and wear no the uh, triple. the plastic batting helmets, too, and
1: I would do uh, wiffle ball.
0: Yeah, we all did. We had the Met one, the Yankee one, and the Phillies one. I don't know why the Phillies one,
1: but we always had the Phillies one. I don't see those anywhere anymore. Like, I used to see those in KB Toy.
0: You could buy the
1: replica batting helmets. I think they're still out there.
0: I bet you, I would bet if you went to Amazon right now, it would pop right up.
1: MLB M- batting helmet. I would think so. Yeah. I, I think they're still available. MLB replica, Jerry. Replica batting helmet. I and don't they always had the that
0: weird orangish-brown lining inside. Yeah. That if you didn't get it right, it didn't sit on your head properly.
1: Uh, no, these are just a uh, batting
0: helmet one size batting helmet. Yeah, they do have them, Jerry. I figured, but you're ex- right. Gonna... I don't see, I do think if you go to Target, you can get them, but they come in like the football ones they have. you get the 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 fugazi jersey yeah, I don't want that. With I just the... want the helmet. I would think the baseball ones are still in some stores if I get one of these, Jerry, I'm wearing one next week on CBS Sports Network. Why don't you revitalize the whole uh,
1: industry and start your own business? <laughs> Owls boring I helmets. I'll, I'll, need to get the, I'll need to get the logos from MLB. Yeah. Sharks. And right now, they're
0: going to take a lot of money from you.
1: Sharks, when you were a kid, did you play wiffle ball with a batting helmet on? No. Get out. <laughs> and then I had to go right to Mark Cuban. We could do these in Mavericks
0: colors. <laughs> That's right. Blue, He's green like, they're
1: baseball helmets, you idiot. <laughs> it's so true. Do I have time for another story, Jerry? Uh, Quickly. Go ahead. Did you see this was good news in coronavirus world? A 103-year-old Red Sox fan, uh, a fine young lady, Jerry, of 103, Yeah. she beat coronavirus and celebrated by slamming a Bud Light. Good for
0: her. Hey, That's good awesome. for you. That is great. Because usually you hear the secret for living that long is the yeah. one glass of wine per day. They would say, well, that was my secret. Or the shot of bourbon every day. Yeah. Maybe if I it drink her it was the Bud Light. I think that's great. I need to go to the bathroom, oh. especially now that I had this big Bud Light.
1: She had the big one too in those big aluminum can bottles. Yeah, you I like those because of... because it keeps it cold, Jerry. I had a, like co- a I had a cup beer. of
0: coffee last night at seven o'clock. I would say, which I knew was a mistake, and I did drink a lot of water yesterday. How many times do you think I, I'm only thinking about this? Because when I drink beer, I get up a lot. Yeah. How many times do you think I went to the bathroom? I laid down at eight thirty. You got up three times. Five. Dude, it was almost on the hour. It was ridiculous. You need those pills I see on TV commercials for. What a waste of a night. I feel like I'm I'm just in a fog this morning. I feel like I never slept. Well, you're drinking coffee, which is a diuretic. You're slamming water. One, two, three, four, five. All right. Five times. We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we will wrap up today's warm-up show and get you to Boomer and Geo at 6.0. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, a couple more minutes to the top. Boomer and Geo. then, uh, Al, the, these cats of mine are running a marathon right now in the house, and I don't know what is going on.
1: They're blitzing right now.
0: Oh, my God. I, they're literally doing laps all over the place, and they are moving like I've never seen them move before.
1: I like when the one cat walks all over your desk when you're trying to do an update, and we oh, see it's just great. a cat butt in your shot. <laughs> or a tail. Well... <laughs> Where I there's a tail, you. there's a
0: cat butt That is very true, what else you got?
1: Jerry, uh, a couple of Yankees, Mike Ford and David Hale Are going to give a uh, Zoom lessons to kids That uh, were supposed to be going to baseball camp Nice, that's you know, kind of cool ca- A lot of camps have been ca- Actually, all camps have been canceled uh, And uh, people don't know what to do with themselves Or with their children So I thought this might be a time for you To open up your broadcasting school We start doing broadcasting camps for kids Me and you Partnership. Okay,
0: you bring in the clients, we can do it.
1: Bring in the clients? I don't know anybody. I don't know any kids that want well, what to be broadcasters. To Use that old email list you used to have for the school years in Chatham, New Jersey. That was 18 years ago. Those kids have grown then, I well, guess. It wasn't
0: 18 and, years ago. It was 14 years ago.
1: I don't did think Did any so. of those kids ever make it, Jerry? Uh, yeah. Who was your most famous... Most famous or most Mm -hmm. successful? There's a guy by the name of Eddie (laughs)
0: Borsilli, who is a senior uh, producer at NFL Radio. He's the most. And he had no broadcast experience whatsoever. And so got him involved. And he's been at Sirius now. And he's been at NFL Radio for, I think, 12, 13 years. That's a good one.
1: And second one also, Bob Costas was a student of Year's.
0: Well, he's a little older than me, um, <laughs> so that is not true. I could maybe say Spiro because he's younger than I am, but that wouldn't be true. Right, either. and
1: who would really check up on it? Right.
0: There was one guy that got a, a full-time anchor job at the all-sports station in Seattle right from my place. Wow. A kid by the name of Nick. I forget his last name. Really nice kid. So I had a few. I mean, we only had 15 or 16 people that came through because, well, we got shut down. You were shut down by the authorities. We were shut down. Yes, exactly. Were
1: you more nervous being shut down from uh, your school or when you were selling cigarettes illegally out of vending machines at a gas station? No, the
0: school because of how much money I put out. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, remember, when I moved into Chatham, the rent that I was locked into, all the equipment I bought twice because we were robbed and I lost all (laughs) of our computers and gear. What a story, I mean, yes. I mean, we're talking thousands upon thousands of dollars. At the end of the day, I probably got my money back. Um, but, yeah, that one. Because the other one, we were friends with the, with the Seabright police. They were really cool to us, and they were very friendly. They came like, uh, you can't do this. You can't sell cigarettes, sir, out of a vending yes. machine. And so they said, listen, we'll give you a couple days. Start to your early morning with Al and Jerry and the warm-up show from 5 to 6 a.m.